Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Believe in Betting Chicago. My name is Joey Christopoulos. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. The NBA and college basketball, it is back. And the NFL and college football playoffs, they're right around the corner. And with all the sports going on, there are plenty of bets to lock in. So if you're maybe, I don't know, thinking about picking the Lakers to repeat for the NBA championship or someone to upset Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, or maybe Tom Ricketts coming to your door and asking you for some money, you should go to BetOnline.ag from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place on Online. And there is always, don't forget that online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Again, betonline.ag and sign up today. Betonline, your online sportsbook experts. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining for a bit of an impromptu pod. I thought I was going to take the week off. I thought I was going to kick up my heels, watch some movies. But hey, I got to hop on a pod real quick because the Chicago Cubs have begun the dismantling. They have begun the wheeling and the dealing. So bringing on my Cubs consigliaries to talk about the U Darvish trade to the San Diego Padres. First, let's say hello to Sean Graves. Hello, Sean. Joey, my friend, how are you? It's great to be discussing the hot stove on what appears to be a very somber day on the north side of about to be snowy Chicago. Yeah, hot stove. Going to have to check my levels to make sure we don't get any hot levels because we might be yelling on this pod real quick, uh, talking about this U Darvish trade, uh, bringing in one of my fellow possible yellers. It's Dom Fortini. Hello, Dom. Long time listener, eighth time depressioner. This is, it's not a good, it's, it's the beginning of the end. And that's really hard to take. You sound like John Lester in the eight hole, uh, in the eight hole about to hit uh, in that first season. Still looking for its first hit to have 56 at bats. Let's dive right into it. I wanted to just hop on, get your guys reaction real quick. You Darvish to the San Diego Padres for Zach Davies. Uh, you know, mid-rotation starter, as you mentioned last night, Sean, on our, our text thread, you know, guy who's going to eat up some innings, and then some minor league prospects that I am going to totally butcher their names, but who cares? It's 2020. Owen Cassie, Reggie Preciado, Ismael Mena, and Yeson Santana, all guys just kind of reading up on them, all of them very toolsy, all of them 17, 18, 19, 20 years old, all guys several years away from the major leagues, dudes that are either going to be boom or bust. Or, you know, maybe one of those frustrating Junior Lake type players. We're going to have to see what happens. Dom, let's get to you first, man. I want to get your thoughts on you, Darvish. (laughs) Yeah, you, Darvish leading the Cubs. And uh, we'll get to the Hall coming back first. But just this first of what seems like many moves for the Chicago Cubs coming up in the next couple months. Oh, Hostov is right. And it's I was joking with Sean yesterday when he started with the text thread of uh, it's a hot stove because every every day in the month of December, you can pin up any kind of prospect to any other team and just, you know, chalk it up to a hot stove. Um, but when you started to see more reports like you Darvish is going to be a Padre by dinner time, you kind of start paying attention a little more to that. Um, certainly was, was he okay? Was was you Darvish overall a fan favorite? I wouldn't say he's a fan favorite. But he was certainly, I mean, this this past year, certainly more than qualified to become a fan favorite and move through the future. But um, this does not look good for the rest of uh, the players on the team right now. This is a salary dump. I don't care what anybody says. And we'll talk about what you got back in return. You didn't get what you think you were going to get in return. It's all about the Benjamins. Unfortunately, on this pod, I believe, you know what, four or five months ago in October, we were talking about what the Cubs could possibly do in the offseason. Everyone's been talking about roster changes for the last several years, but I kind of threw it out there. It was like, you know, if they were serious and they wanted to press the eject button on any sort of sense of being competitive, 
you know, you're not trading necessarily Wilson Contreras or Kyle Schwarber. You're trading you Darvish because it's supposed to be the biggest haul that'll come back. Sean, we're going to talk about the haul in just a second, but just your thoughts. You know, I think we're going to hit just from an organizational standpoint. You know, how should Cubs fans feel right now about this you Darvish trade, and how do you feel about it? Yeah, you know, my initial responses were coming so fast, my head was spinning. I, I think my just first and foremost, and we kind of just talked about this off pod briefly, is that I initial response is that Tom Ricketts is full of shit. He stood there in that Jed Hoyer press conference, not what, six weeks ago? And his exact quote was, I don't think anyone's tearing anything down. That's exactly what this trade is with you, Darvish. You did nothing, nothing to help the team in 2021 or 2022. Every single one of these guys are lottery picks that you're hoping turn out in five years from now. And who knows, maybe one or two hits. It's so far down the line. I don't mind that you Darvish trade. You're absolutely right, Joey. This was the route to go to get stuff back. But the execution by Jeff Hoyer was very, very poor. Padres have four top prospects in the top 100. You get none. The, the, the Rays the night before got their number three and number seven, both pitchers for Blake Snell, who, yeah, while younger, he's not as good as, as Darvish is. We, get, we don't get anyone in the top 150. We get a bunch of kids for Darvish. And on top of that, we haven't even mentioned it yet. You threw in Vic Caratini. <laughs> Vic Caratini had a switch hitting catcher with three years of control left for a bunch of 17 to 20-year-old kids. Ridiculous. The grades for this trade have been D minus, D, even worse. People are saying, what are the Cubs doing? Dominic's absolutely right. Nothing but a salary dump. It feels more like a mandate than a decision. So, uh, you know, let's just kind of drill in on the people that run the Chicago Cubs right now. And I'm, I'm right there with you, man. I'm honestly just doing myself a full because it's not just what's happening right now. And for Cubs fans that think that this is all pandemic related and the Cubs are losing hundreds of million dollars and they have to do this, that is total bullshit. And I'm really scratching my head and asking myself, like, what the fuck is going on? And I'm starting to feel a bit fleeced as a Cubs fan, which is crazy because we won a World Series, right? And first of all, Tom Ricketts, he buys the team. Everything's hunky-dory. Everything's rosy. He talks about redoing the neighborhood. He talks about getting a TV channel. Awesome. He goes out and he hires... He just spends money and he hires the best guy in the business to run the organization, Theo Epstein. He goes out, he drafts a bunch of guys. We go off, we win the World Series in 2016. Ever since that point in 2016, and keep in mind, we had already gotten John Lester and Jason Hayward. At that point, he was doing exactly what he thought, you know, what we thought as Cubs fans. That's what big boys do when they want to throw it. They throw the dollars around, they go out, they get the big fish, they bring in the big names, and then hopefully some prospects come along the way. But since 2016, try and find me you know, outside of the U Darvish, which honestly came back to them because that was not a top dollar signing. His market has actually been so depressed because of the Astros cheating scandal and he was tipping his pitches. They got him almost on a bargain. Try and find me one way where this team hasn't been pinching pennies the last three or four years. They've been talking about dismantling the core, which creates an unrest, not just like off the field, but the product on the field. And now they're saying that they're losing hundreds of millions of dollars because they're a billion dollars in debt from redoing the neighborhood that all of a sudden they've lost a bunch of revenue because they can't have fans in the stands. Well, like boo fucking who honestly. And now Tim Ricketts, uh, Tom Ricketts is saying that, you know, this isn't a teardown. Well, it completely is. There's a mandate going on to gut this team to keep ticket prices probably exactly where they are because yeah. they care only about the bottom line and they only care about like the visage of a, a father playing catch with his son outside of Wrigley field other than them winning baseball games on the field inside the stadium. 
you know, just hop in here and chime in. I mean, what what is this? What is Tom Ricketts saying to Cubs fans right now with this trade and seems like obviously future subsequent trades? Well, I think he's going to have trouble explaining this at whatever kind of Cubs convention they're going to have, because if he got booed with the marquee network decision last year, um, he's going to have some, he's got some explaining to do for sure. Um, (laughs) But just going back to where you started, I, I believe we've talked about this before is how much of that off the field business is coming back to kind of screw Cub fans on the field right now. Okay. You can say, you know, did you overspend for a lot of the neighborhood? Yeah, but they wanted to create this, you know, this this great place to come and be. And it, and it, and it really and to is. interject really when, quick when it's interject, open, it's great. Yeah, no one asked for that, by the way. Yeah, no one asked for that. We had fights with the people on the rooftops. We had people fighting over with the big jumbotron, all that other kind of stuff. No one asked for it. It was their decision to make it because they wanted to make more money down the road. Great. I'm sorry, Dom. Continue. Yeah, you have this nice hotel across the street. Well, people haven't been able to travel. They haven't been able to stay at the hotel. They haven't been able to go to the ball games. They are absolutely losing money hand over fist right now. And any kind of money that's coming back in or that you can save is probably a benefit to them. Now, beforehand, before any of this started, you know, there's the famous quote that you could open up the gates at Wrigley when the Cubs weren't playing and you could sell out with people just coming to have lunch. The Wrigley experience is the Wrigley experience, whether you're winning or losing. And that hurts me to say, because I don't have that personal feeling. I like going to the ballpark. I like hanging around the neighborhood. I like being there. However, um, I get frustrated when, you know, you're not providing. When I was a season ticket holder, they kept increasing prices and you and that wasn't going toward the on-field experience. They weren't spending my price increase to make the team better, and that's what drove us out of that market. Um, That's incredibly frustrating. So I can certainly understand where they're coming from. They're dumping money right now, and they just saved, what, $35 million by moving two guys? That's On their end, it looks great. Uh, As a fan, that's absolutely soul-crushing that it's a money dump. Sometimes they'll do that move too, where they'll give, they haven't even given one of the fan favorites a ton of money. Right. Yeah. But you, you know, they would go out, you would think in terms of like, Hey, let's just satiate the fans. They'd give Anthony Rizzo a ton of money in his thirties, just cause he's a fan favorite. And we would come around to see them in the ballpark. It doesn't even really seem like they're interested in that. And Sean, like, I don't know, man, if you're losing a ton of money and you're not running your TV network and it's not netting the, the results that you thought it was going to have, cause you're running it poorly. Why don't you just sell the team? Well, yeah, I mean, I'll tell you what. If you, know, you don't want to play in those waters, and if yeah. you don't want to spend this money, and if you don't want to take on, if you don't want to spend money and lose money just so you can get it back later on to keep your product going in the exact same way in the long term, why don't you just sell the team? Yeah, because I'll tell you what, the last thing that a mom or dad who wants to take their family afford to a Cubs game, and it costs them two to $300 to do that, wants to hear about is, a billionaire being over leveraged or being in debt when we all know a that when they bought the team they bought it for what around 900 million it's now worth four billion dollars but that's that's a four and a half time increase so don't cry poor to me and like you just said joey we wanted you to fix the team you want to fix wrigley great nobody told you to buy the rooftop somebody told you to build a hotel that was on you now i get there's some incredible bad luck that you finally have everything up and going and boom a pandemic hits but what did ian Happ say recently too about you know the owners talking about like revenue and loss, like did they actually lose money 
or just not realize the revenue they thought they were going to get. Exactly, right? Sean. Exactly. So and that's, I, you know, you don't want to hear it from, from, from this. And you're, you're dead on what you said a minute ago, Joey, like this isn't just this year. I mean, they're big money signing the past two off seasons with Daniel Descalso. You know what I mean? So yeah, they didn't even have money to like, didn't even have money to like resign a dude like an Andrew Warren or something like that, or, yeah, or, or bring back a Nick Castellanos on $70 million. Who quickly, who was great and became a fan favorite overnight with how good he played. And he wanted to be a cop. He wanted to be it, and you couldn't even have the money for that. So this is not just a pandemic-related thing. And that's why they're crying poor. Is it is profit margin? I mean, yeah. excuse me, but when you make somewhere between one hundred and fifty to two hundred fifty million dollars a year in profit, money that guarantee I guarantee you what maybe what twenty million goes back into the team because the payroll's been pretty much the same. Tom Ricketts is always so proud that we have a top five payroll. That's plenty enough to win with. While they keep making money hand over fist, well, I'm sorry if you lose a couple hundred million one year. Well, okay, great. It throws off your scale a little bit. Well, you're going to be continuing to make hundreds of millions millions of dollars later it's, on. It's the it's the Cubs. It's it's a national entity, and you just lay, and you just laid off how many people within the organization too. I mean, how shitty was that? And now you're talking about a payroll at a, what, 130, 140 million in a major market city like Chicago that has a worldwide appeal? Get out of here. Dom, do you think this could be a really, not a tragic, but an, uh, you know, an irreparable mistake where I'm trying to think of an analogy of like, you know, you, you got, you find a band, a band comes out with an album and you love it. And you know what? It's kind of secret. Not a lot of people know about that band. You listen to the album and you introduce it to a couple friends and they're like, man, this music is amazing. I'm going to get the album too as well. And then the next time they come out with the next album, it's Verizon presents their next album. And you're at the concert and there's 25,000 fans and you just paid $150 for a ticket. When you just saw them, you paid $20 to see them at the Riviera two years prior. And all of a sudden the music quite isn't as good. And you're kind of wondering where do we go here from there? The Cubs Cubs fandom is so deep. It's so intrinsically in the fabric of the Chicagoland area and many people across the entire country. Is this enough to move the needle to maybe have some people walk away from being the Cubs fans? Or do the Ricketts know that these people are bought in and will stay a Cubs fan no matter what happens, no matter how high the ticket prices are? Well, first off, I, 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 I love the fact when Sean talks about like taking the family of four for 300 bucks to the game. Sean, remember when you used to, you and I used to blow 300 bucks at the game just on yeah. drinks? So yeah. much fun. God, I Absolutely. missed it. <laughs> family of four, nothing, my man. Uh, um, I, I, th I think cynical Dominic wants to automatically say Cub fans are Cub fans no matter what's going to happen. I mean, I literally, I love the marquee network. They, they could put on Andy Griffith all afternoon. And I'd be like, yo, did you see that Andy Griffith earlier today? It was awesome. Totally crazy. Um, but best rain delay ever. That's <laughs> the best. But I think, I think like you said, it's, it's like an 85 bears. Like you're going to look back in 15 years and be like, God, that was so awesome. And they could be awesome again. And they're just not, but we love them anyway. So we're going to go pay the money. We're going to sit out there. We're going to yell and go drink in the nice neighborhood bars afterwards. And it's not going to matter. And I think they, I think they know that. And I think as you know, he likes Tom, Tommy two-tone likes to talk about, you know, we're great fans. We sat out in the bleachers. He knows he's not an idiot. Um, he's a businessman. If they lose 20 million to a hundred million this year, they're going to make it back. He's not going to just turn the team over right away and be like, eh, we'll take our money and run. I don't think that's what he's going to do. Um, the, the longer view is, you know, once 
things get a little bit brighter and they let fans back in, they're going to be making the money once again. Now, whether that money goes to his pocket or his papa's pocket to make donations into lovely packs that uh, I, I think I think more political views are going to cost fans than a you Darvish trade personally, but you got to put the money back on the field, at least fake it. Like you said, Rizzo's a great guy. Just give him the money. You can get rid of everybody else. If you keep Rizzo, people are going to be like, well, at least they kept Rizzo. So I'm okay with that. But it was like, they took it to the last minute and then it was like, you know, okay. Like just, Oh, that's not how it should work. That's the guy you give the money to and let everybody else fall by the wayside. Not that I want to do that. I'm just saying just appease the minimal well, and that's there's another team on Madison too as well that doesn't really seem to give a shit as long as the the place is packed since 1998, and then yeah, they finally care. got lucky with Derrick Rose finally being the number one pick, and then after that they still didn't really care that much. They sort of lucked into that a little bit, and also to your point too as well because we're gonna after this, Sean, you're gonna hop in, and then we're gonna move on some more on the field what we think about the actual trade and more trades that are possibly coming for the Cubs team. But this is also a situation where. If now all of a sudden the Cubs are like, hey, we're punting on 21. 22 will come back, maybe be competitive and go for it again in 23. Dom, to your point, we're going to have another election in 24, my friend. So all of a sudden, if you're talking about reallocating dollars back to the, on the field, and, if, and it's been well documented that they have in their family an interest, a financial interest in politics, maybe not necessarily Tom, but it still is in the family. It's where the trust fund is. It's probably who knows where the profits go, all that other kinds of stuff. You know, that's going to be right around the corner too as well. And that's going to be a question that they're going to have to answer in three years when this team is trying to get back, hopefully to an elite championship type level. Sean, hop in. Well, and I guess kind of what I'll say, I'll kind of lead us into your next, your next topic here is that the biggest issue I have with this trade now is that it terrifies me from a, a kind of a forecast of what may come next. Because again, I'm not, I'm okay. They traded Darvis, but this, like Dom said, is a straight up salary dump, which now leads me to believe there's nobody, nobody that they would not trade if it cut costs. That's a B. If you are a guy like Javi or Chris Bryant or Rizzo at this point, if they're going to do moves like this, why would you want to sign an extension here? You don't want to be Javi Baez playing in the rest of your prime years on a shit team that has no chance to win. And then three, after 2021, well, going into 2021, especially in Chicago, there's probably not going to be very many fans in the stands again for at least the first half of the season, which Ricketts will cry poor again and use that going into next offseason. And then next offseason, you have the CBA coming up, and there's already talks of having no baseball in 2022 because of that. So what you know, what is the financial forecast for this organization going forward into one, two, three in 2024 with all these things hitting at once. Like it's a pretty terrifying kind of view from a Cubs fan after what they did last night. On the bright side, these kids will be ready from the Darvish trade by the time they get back on the field. You might be right. Well, and that's, that's always the other, that's the catch 22 is that, you know, when you trade a pitcher like you Darvish, you're always going to be trying to replace him with a you Darvish type. So you are eventually going to have to spend that money again to me, it starts to sort of feel like, are they secretly looking at it? They won't admit it, but not only are they going to punt on 21, mm-hmm. but they might punt on the next, I, this isn't hyperbole. They might yep. punt on the next five years Yep. because you know what? They've got their network. They've got their neighborhood. They've got their stadium. They've got their team. They could ride it lean and mean for the next four or five years, still turn a profit. Even when fans get back in the stands, 
get through the collective bargaining agreement, get through everything that's going on right now, and maybe poke your head up and then see where you're at. But the problem with that is if your prospects aren't hitting, if you're not able to make shrewd moves and get back talent at the right time, it won't be there. And then you're going to have to overspend on the Jason Haywards all over again. And that doesn't always work out for every John Lester. There's a Jason Hayward. So what I was going to say too, is like, again, this goes back to how do you not get any top tier pitching prospects back in this deal? That's been a huge, huge, huge financial and development flaw for us the past few years. Right. That's why we're paying guys like you Darvish and Tyler Chatwood. How do you not get, pitching prospects san diego has like 10 starting pitchers now they couldn't have included one or two in this deal that would have helped you probably maybe not 21 but in 22 and 23 going forward i would classify a trade you're not really trying to you're not trading the personality unless you're a total head case so if they can find two guys that get you the amount of wins that he gets that's fine too and with two guys you're probably not going to spend a total of what darvish was so okay cost saving that's fine when Theo got here, he came out and pretty much said, we're going to be terrible for X amount of years. Here is why we have zero farm system. We have to restock the farm system. So if you look at it like that, okay, you're saving a boatload of money. You've just stuffed four players into your farm system. Um, and seriously, I, I actually watched some video this afternoon before the call. And this Owen Casey guy, I mean, he – Shout out to Matt Merton. I mean, another corner outfielder prospect. This guy looks like he could mash. He's a big lumbering dude and, you know, sweet swinging lefty. Um, I, I don't know what's in his head. I don't know how good he's going to be. Obviously, he's he's just a kid projected in 2024. But out of the bunch, okay, to me, that he looks pretty exciting just as a, as a meathead kind of hitter. Um, I, I mean, it's, it's just so hard to classify these kids. They're literally kids. They could barely even vote uh, 18 years old signing $2 million deals. And when you've got, okay, a plus arm in the Arizona rookie league, maybe that's good. Maybe because you put up good numbers in the Arizona rookie league, you're, you're due to make some splashes. But again, that splash isn't coming for a number of years. Yeah, Zach Davies in general, I, I, I like it. I mean, he's going to be able to plug into the rotation. I think he's going to do just fine. I think you're really, if you're a Cubs fan, I think you're rooting deep down in heart that he puts together a Scott Feldman-type first half. He's a 3-4 starter who's middle of the road. He's, right, I mean, but, he's not going to offend you with his his bad pitching. He's not going to wow you with great pitching. He's just like, a okay, well, we'll just get by. But here's what I'll say is those are the type of guys that if they have strong first halves, yeah. Those are the type of guys that you can absolutely sell at the deadline for far above market value because those are the guys that are like someone just needs a starting pitcher. Every single some someone heading towards the playoffs just needs that extra mid-tier guy that can't pay for the top dollar stuff. And you can actually get more back for a guy like Zach Davies than maybe you would at a U Darvish at a deadline. Now, that sounds crazy, but that's what you're kind of hoping for. And then, yeah, the rest of these guys – yeah, you hear words like toolsy, uh, high upside. Handsy. <laughs> if it works out, he could be he a star. Projected, they're all projected at 6'2", 185. That's great. 6'4", yeah. yeah. 185. So yeah. am I. I'm projected <laughs> there, too. That doesn't mean I'm going to hit it. You're not done yet, Tom. No, right. <laughs> but, yeah, but that's the question is, you know, these guys are so young. You are kind of asking yourself internally, what is their timeline exactly to truly be competitive and go for it again? Because the way that looks to me with these guys is, these guys are not going to factor in 
when Rizzo and Baez and these guys are on their team. And if they are, they're probably past their prime and towards like the tail end of their career. So they're not fitting into that particular timeline right now. So what does the next three or four years really look like? Now, if you trade a Wilson Contreras to get, say, you get two, three more prospects back. Maybe you get Zach Davies traded at the deadline. Maybe you trade Chris Bryant at the deadline. All of a sudden now you can maybe collect maybe, let's just say, 12 to 14 new prospects that can you you can play with now. you got a little more flexibility. And don't forget, some of these guys can then be packaged in deals to come back and bring actual major league-ready talent back onto the field. But it just kind of just scratching my head a little bit. And, and Sean, you know, hop back in. No pitching prospects. All these dudes, 18, 19 years old, you know, whether they work out or not, I mean, it will be at least a couple of years before. And then when they do get up to the major leagues, get ready for growing pains. I mean, Luis Robert on the South side, people love him, but what do yeah. you hit? Oh, 83 in September. I mean, that dude's yeah. got some strides to make too, as well, you know, and that all takes time. You know, what are your thoughts on the hall that came back? Yeah, no, I mean, you, you're right. These kids are so young that even if they, if, if you, if you hit, if you've hit a home run with one of these kids, and they're in the big leagues by 2024, which that's, I mean, that's still a 20 year old kid or a 21 year old kid making them making the major. So it's highly unlikely. Like one of these four kids has played a professional game so far. The Santana kid has 41 games in rookie ball. The other three have never played a foot of professional baseball on American soil. So we, we really, it's, it's just a straight up guessing game. And you do hear things like, they're, you know, big frame, 6'2", 6'4", toolsy, handsy, good, good swing path, good contact. All the things that we love to hear as, as like fans, we're reading our scouting reports. But who the hell knows? There's 17, 18-year-old kids who have never played professional baseball. So, again, like I, at this point, after what you just got back for Darvish, it feels like we are going more into the complete kind of teardown rebuild mode than the just like, let's take a year, step back, kind of reboot and still compete in a kind of shitty division next year. This feels like, no, no, we're going to kind of go back to 10 years ago, try to build the farm system up, which even after adding these four kids, I was reading that most people think it only jumps the Cubs farm system to about 20th. So you're still right there towards the bottom third. It wasn't a big shot in the arm. Like it could have been if you got a couple of top 10 guys back from the Padres, which I just, it is, I would love to have been a fly on the wall. Like did Jed Hoyer know this when he took this job? Did he know that, that it was going to be this bad? Did, did Rickett say to him, Hey, this is a mandate. You have to dump 50, 60, 70 million. And God, God bless David Ross. Enjoy being the Cubs manager. Cause you're going to be gone in a couple of years because the team's going to be so bad. Absolutely. And I, I still think, I still think Theo's probably consulting on the back end, but the reason why he left now is because they got to dump 50, 60, 70 million. And he's like, oh, I don't want to do that. Yep. And Jed's like, well, and then they went to Jed and they're like, well, Jed, it's time for us to promote you. We're going to give you a ton of money. We're going to give you a ton of time. Okay. We trust in you. And Jed's like, okay, cool. I'll do it. But Theo's like, I'm not doing that. Yeah. No, thank you. And I, you know, there was a world where they could have slashed payroll. They could have waited out the market and they could have put together. I've talked about this a 2005 six ish white Sox team where you got a bunch of fringe veteran guys on one-year deals and you kind of rolled it up and they would have either been mediocre or maybe found lightning in a bottle and been competitive. That doesn't look like that's happening at all. So the question, and we're going to get out of here on this is Dom who's next. Bryant's got to be next. I mean, if you're going to, if oh God, that's just kicking the head right there. Um, like you said, at this point, you know, you can't feel good if you're on the team, you really can't. Cause you don't know if you're next, you don't know if your buddy's next, you don't know what the team's going to look like. 
I mean, has it major league baseball already said, okay, scratch April, you can forget about April. Cause it's not happening. Um, so, I mean, if, if, if you don't even know when you're going to play and you don't even know who you're going to play with, like Sean said, why would you sign the extension here? But if you're Jed, I mean, if, if you're in a position where you're the number two and you know, when people talk about building this champion, it's not, it's not Jed and Theo, it's Theo. Everybody credits Theo. If you're that number two. And like you said, if, if Papa Ricketts comes to you and he's like, Hey man, you're going to end up taking this job. You're finally going to be the number one. You're in charge. They drive a boatload of money up to your house, dump it right on your front lawn. You're going to take it whether, you know, and then you can say, you know, here's what I did. Um, it's, it's a tough spot for Jed to be in. I think it's even even tougher spot if you're, if you're on the roster right now, cause you could be playing in Texas or Minnesota or Pittsburgh. God help you if you're playing in Pittsburgh. Um, but in that week division, I mean, if you're only giving away, you Darvish kind of wins. I mean, you still have a shot. Well, and getting rid of a guy like Darvish sends a message across to everyone else on that team that you aren't really very interested in competing next year in what looks like it's going to be an exceptionally soft division. The one benefit of the doubt I would probably give Jed Hoyer is that obviously he comes from San Diego. Um, one of the first things that they did when they became you know boss was they flipped Kashner for Rizzo. Uh, we've seen in the last couple of years, you know, the Brad Wicks, for example, of the world where they have made deals with San Diego. I would like to think that of all the organizations that maybe Jed Hoyer has intimate knowledge of that aren't the Chicago Cubs, perhaps it is the San Diego Padres. Are they the new Baltimore Orioles? Are we just going to raid their system? I, for guys? I, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure, but, you know, that's uh, that's hopefully seems to be that hopefully seems to be if you want to spin it positive is that, you know, it also got to the point, too, where there was all those rumors that Theo couldn't make deals anymore because everyone knew that Theo was going to screw you. That at the end of the day, the deal that you thought was good in your head is actually a Jedi mind trick because Jed Theo is going to win that trade. Taking him out of it maybe gives Jed a little bit more goodwill with other GMs to get deals done, and maybe this is the first one where he is. The Padres are in a desperate place, so maybe they were able to get some guys that could perhaps come along, but again, many years, many question marks to sort of ask. But Sean, I want to ask you next, you know, who's next in your opinion? I think what Dom said is correct, Chris Bryant, but I'll say this, the chatter out there has been that teams asking about Chris Bryant, they want the Cubs to eat half the money. No, now, you, you would think if you do that, right, you better be, you better be getting what minimum two damn good prospects. So, and the Cubs have said no. So if it is going to be Chris Bryant next and they're going to trade him at full market value from a financial standpoint, we all better be ready to expect it to be something like a Starlin Castro and another oh, no. team's 13th and 18th oh, no. prospect after this. Because if you would ask me a week ago, if you had told me a week ago, the Cubs just traded you Darvish, I would have said, oh man, okay, I'm cool with that. They probably got some pretty good players. And the next person to go from a prospect or return probably should be Contreras but I'm terrified of them trading Contreras now because they'll probably get the raised 19th and 18th best player in a bag of balls which is Starlin Castro (laughs) he literally if you open up his jersey it's just a bag of balls in there it's not human organs how about this I mean in the since last summer the Padres have acquired Clevenger Snell and Darvish controllable proven power arms before those trades, they had six players in the top 100 prospect list. They still have four. That's And to, and to be fair, uh, proven arms, Clevenger's on the shelf with Tommy John. Sure, sure. Nell's coming off of injury. He wasn't super great. And let's be real, you Darvish was fantastic last season, and he was fantastic for a second half of the year before. But let's be truly honest with ourselves. 
Were we like confident? Were we like Jake Arietta lockdown confident with you, Darvish? Or were we always kind of sort of waiting for the other shoe to drop or maybe the playoff performance to go wrong or the next injury to come with a 34-year-old who probably has just pitched his best baseball of his career? I don't know if his best baseball is necessarily ahead of him. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I mean, look, you know, the, the guy, he's he's 34. He's not 40. There's plenty. I mean, look at Verlander. Wasn't he 34 when he got traded? I mean, the guy still has good baseball, and especially when you put it when you put an offensive team behind him like that, and defensive team, and you put him in the middle of, like I don't I don't know if Darvish is for sure like the Padres ace, but he's second or third. I would sure as hell take a U Darvish as number two or three in my rotation going forward. Dom, just you know, final thoughts for Cubs fans out there heading into the new year. Start drinking. Go Bears, yeah. <laughs> I mean, how much alcohol do you have in the house? Because this yeah. is going to be, it's going to be a long season, and it's going to be, you know, as as hard as it was to climb the mountain, it's it's certainly a whole lot easier to come down the mountain, and then you're coming down the mountain at a blazingly fast speed, and 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 again, I mean, you Darvish is not like people aren't raising their kids here to be like you Darvish. They're raising their kid to be Chris Bryant and Javi Baez. So when those guys go, I mean, that's going to be. Yep, it's gonna be a sad day in this house. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Sean Graves' message to Cubs fans heading into the new year: I just hope you all stay incredibly healthy and safe and smart, and make that your first priority. And just understand, it's gonna be a little bit before we see baseball again. And when we do, just know that our division is gonna suck next year. Let's let's put our saving grace going into next year on that nobody else in our division is doing jack shit even with trading Darvish, if nothing else happens, we should at least watch some competitive baseball within the division, even if it is only winning 82 games next year. So I'll, I'll say that as a positive note, we still have a chance next year. That is very fair. The division is going to be exceptionally soft. You know, the Cincinnati Reds are dismantling, you know, the Brewers aren't adding on payroll. If anything, they're going to get rid of payroll and it doesn't look like the Cardinals are going to do anything. There's going to be an interesting kind of, you know, uh, flea market, bargain shopping with some actually quality major league players coming up probably at the end of January, early February, these guys are going to have to sign probably sign one year deals. Maybe the Cubs can get in there and maybe round out this roster a little bit. And I think they can be competitive. There are guys still on the team that we can root for like a hobby bias, Kyle Hendricks, Anthony Rizzo and David Ross. Let's see what he does in his second season. Maybe we can be a competitive team, you know, and I'm saying when I say competitive, I'm saying like 78 to 84 wins is what I'm, saying is a best case scenario, but I think what we're learning and what Cubs fans need to take away from what just happened with you, Darvish, what's going to be happening in the future is that, you know, you can root for the guys on the field. You can root for the manager. Hell, you could root for the general manager, but I'll tell you something right now. The ownership Cubs fans does not have your best interests in heart. They do not. And we can go back to the old cliche of the ticket prices. Those are going to keep going up and all of this. Woe is me. And all this, and look, this is not the pandemic. Again, this started multiple years ago. They started crying poor about their money situation. Remember three or four years ago, they told you that once the TV deal kicked in, they're going to have a ton of money to spend. We spent more money on the neighborhood than we thought we wanted to, but you should say, thank you so much for us doing it. You know, they've been doing this now, posturing themselves this way for the next three or four years. And for me personally, I feel like the ownership sees this as an opportunity to go even more on the cheap over the next couple seasons and put it on, you know, the stigma of the pandemic and they can't have fans in the stands. And I'm just saying it's, it's a scary, it's a scary place to be. 
I wanted to applaud the Ricketts for putting together a World Series championship in 2016. I'm starting to feel like that they were more along for the ride than they were really had their hand in actually making it happen. And clearly, ever since 2016, they have not had the best interest of getting back to that World Series. And clearly, they do not have the best interest of the fans at heart moving forward. Sean Huppin. Yeah, no, I think Dom said it best earlier. It's kind of like they got theirs in 2016, and they're just going to say to the fans, hey, we got you that one. We're good. And they just expect the fans to live off 2016 for the next 30 years. And I'm sorry, as a Cub fan, we've been giving, we've been given a taste of winning now. We're tired of being the lovable losers. Nobody wants to go back to the completely useless by September, especially when you're paying what you're paying to go to a Cubs game these days. So that stuff's done. Do your job, stop crying poor, and treat the team like you should. It's a big market worldwide team. And I think the thing that they underestimated, two things that they underestimated, one, that the team by and large from 98 to about 2008 was in a mode of, we need to try and win and we need to spend some money and try and make things happen. Now, some seasons didn't happen and, you know, we lost Dusty and we moved on to other guys and we brought in Lou Pinella and everything, but there's playoff seasons in there. There's winning records, there's winning teams. And I think when Theo came, you know, we were happy Theo was here, but tearing down that organization and being just God awful for what four straight years, just awful, like unwatchable, no fun, no fan favorites on the team. You know, there was nothing there to be excited about. And then to finally come out of that, get back to success and win the world series for us to kind of wrap our heads, going back to those, those years when we are purposefully losing a hundred games in a row, multiple seasons in a row, it's just really hard to wrap your head around. The other thing that they're really underestimating too, is that there is a guy right now, he's in his early forties and he's got some innings left in his arm. And he can be had for a very, very cheap price. And his name is Dom Fortini. Dom, can you break it right now? Are you available to pitch for the Chicago <laughs> Cubs in 2021? Are you ready? Give not, it not only am I ready to pitch for the Cubs. I mean, the, the, I mean, I could start for the Cubs. There's only three pitchers in the rotation. So if you, I mean, I, I would have settled for like middle relief. You could have brought me in in a tough situation. I could have had a spot start, uh, something like that. But I mean, if you're only going to roll with, you know, the three-man rotation, you know, I could be that fifth starter at this point. I'm, I'm just saying, and, and, you know, that's not only for, uh, for jet out there, but any general manager, really, if you're looking for that extra starter from like May to, you know, August, it, it gets a little warm for me, you know, at, at 42, <laughs> but uh, I could certainly, I, I, I could certainly hang curveballs with the best of them. <laughs> yeah. Your baseball ability. It's very seasonal. It's very seasonal <laughs> right now, but uh, you play indoors, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sign him up. Sign him uh, up. You guys, uh, Sean Graves, Dom Fortini, thank you so much for joining my Cubs consigliaries. I'm glad we can end it a little bit on a laugh because this is this is highly depressing. Oh, and what? <laughs> what? I mean, that's uh, we're... <laughs> serious over here. No, ready to go. <laughs> hash, hash Browns is ready. Hash Browns is ready to roll. Always ready. But happy new year to you guys. You Darvish on his way to the San Diego Padres. We'll see what happens. He gets the chance now to lock horns with the Los Angeles Dodgers multiple times a year. That should be fun for them over there. Padres are locked and loaded. They're ready to roll the Cubs. Who knows what they're doing and who's what's going to happen in the future. But uh, thank you guys that were able to come on. Happy New Year to both of you. This is Believe in Betting Chicago with Joey Christopoulos. Today's episode is brought to you by betonline.ag. 
Make sure you hit betonline.ag for week 17 football action. There's a little something called the Bears and Packers this weekend. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it would be an interesting time to put a little pretty pretty little penny on that and see if the Bears can get in the postseason. Because if they don't get in the postseason, as Sean mentioned before the pod, this could be a long, dark winter for Chicago sports. Johnny Taves is sick. The Bulls can't play defense. The Cubs are trading people for uh, for food stamps right now. Uh, this could get this could get pretty intense. But until then, you guys stick around. We got one more special pod coming up at the end of the week on New Year's on Friday. A special movie podcast. The hint might be Friday. I don't know. We'll see. But until then, you guys, thank you so much for listening. Be well. Be safe. Be kind to each other. Happy, safe, and healthy. Happy New Year to all of you. Let's get out of this damn year already. Until then, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.